it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. This is the word of our Lord. The Apostle Paul, he he starts us off with an illustration today about the body of Christ and and he helps us understand it better by helping us understand our, by getting you to think about your own human body and how it works. And so I I thought it only appropriate to begin our sermon today, get you thinking a little bit deeper medically about your own bodies and so what better way to do that than with some medical trivia. So here I want to start, get you thinking about your own bodies. How many bones are in the human body? Go ahead, Close. 206, exactly. Good. Wow, these are good. Um, how many organs are in the body? Take a guess. 78. 78 different organs in the human body. They get, they get harder as we go on here. How many parts, how many total parts of the body are there? And this is just an estimate. This is somebody trying to count up every single last part of our body. He said he guessed over 7,500. 7,500 different parts of the body. And then in the last one, how many miles of veins and arteries are in the human adult body? Yeah, probably more than that. He said it's, it's uh, over 100,000 miles. A hundred thousand miles of veins and arteries in one human adult body. It's incredible, yeah, right? As you think about your own human bodies, and, and yet as we go back to this illustration that the Apostle Paul uses, it he uses this illustration because we understand our bodies so well and how it works. Because none of you would ever say if you have a broken bone, like, oh, it's okay. I have two hundred and five others. I'll be just fine. Or if one of your organs stopped functioning, you would never say, I have 77 others. No, because you know that each one of your organs has a specific function and role. And if it shuts down or isn't working correctly, you're going to go directly to the hospital and figure out what's going on with you. Just for one of those organs. Or if out of the 7,500 different parts of your body, if one of them hurts, if one of them isn't functioning right, you're going to have to do something. You're going to be uncomfortable. You might need medication. Again, you might have to go to the doctor. And out of the 100,000 miles of veins and arteries that you have, if just a half inch of it is clogged in certain parts, you could have a stroke or an artery, or a, a stroke or a heart attack. Just reminds us of how important every last part of our human body is. And if it's not functioning correctly, the whole body suffers. And when we consider that illustration as Paul tries to help you understand your importance and your uniqueness in the body of Christ, it helps you to to think, well, wow, I I really am important in the body of Christ. I I really am unique. If I'm not functioning, how can the rest of the body function? How much does the rest of the body suffer when I'm not functioning? And so today as we look at this lesson, I want you to just think about that, your importance and your uniqueness in the body of Christ. And to help you first start about thinking about what is the body of Christ and, and how it functions, is 
I want you to think about this illustration that someone used. It's like a piano tuner who goes around and he uses the very same piano or the very same tuning fork to tune all the different pianos around the city. Each one of those pianos, even though they're in different parts of the city, is tuned together because they have been tuned to the very same standard, that tuning fork. You see, on the day of your baptism, the Holy Spirit tuned you to the one standard, that is Christ. And so you not only are tuned to Christ and part of Him, but now we are tuned together and part of the one body of Christ, regardless of your age or your sex or your race or your personality, we are together in the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul says again, "Because now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. See, we talk about being members of a congregation and being members of the body of Christ, but I wonder if we always grasp what that really means and apply that truth to our lives. Regardless of, you know, if, as you look around, regardless of the fact that you may not have anything in common with the people here in this church, you may, there might not be anybody in this congregation your same age or with your same interests or with your same background or with your same life experiences, but regardless of all of that, you have been joined together in this intimate bond with Christ and therefore with other Christians. It's a beautiful thing. And as you look around today, just to help you understand it more, these are the people with whom you will be spending eternity. The men and women, the the boys and, and, and girls that are here, this is your real family, isn't it? A family that not even death can destroy. What a relief to know that the body of Christ, that of which we are part does not depend on us. Um, our God made it. He forged it. He united us. And, and he continues to keep us strong. Right? And that's especially notable when we consider our diversity and our different talents, how unique we are, which should be something that we embrace, how unique each of us are with different abilities. But the devil can use those blessings as curses can he. You see, for the last few weeks we've been talking about vocation. You know your different vocations. You think about them, that you are a, a father, you are a husband, you are a friend, you are an employee, you are a citizen. You are all these different things, all these different vocations. And God has given to you so many different gifts to be able to utilize and, and be faithful in those vocations. The problem comes in when we start looking at other people's gifts, maybe even other people's vocations. And there's envy, there's jealousy, and worst of all, we start to minimize the gifts that God has given to us, and looking at them as if they're not really that important. Or maybe it's simply an unwillingness to use our gifts that we hide behind saying, oh, if we're just downplaying our own gifts, they're not that important anyways. When we do that, it's just as foolish as like Paul said, as an ear saying, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. But notice the God-given insight that the Apostle Paul uses here. It's every gift, even the, even the seemingly smallest gift, 
in the church is incredibly important and vital to the whole body. If one part suffers, the whole the rest suffers. And so, what is your place in the body of Christ? It doesn't matter if you're the pastor or the janitor, if you're the Sunday school teacher or the person who sets an example at work, if you're the mom who who teaches their children about God's word, all of these different things you are in the body of Christ, very important parts of it. The Apostle Paul points out that we need to guard against minimizing our gifts, but the opposite extreme is just as dangerous, isn't it? When we look at our gifts and compare them to others, and instead of minimizing them in envy, we might feel pride or arrogance as we look down on other people who don't seem to have as many gifts as, as we seem to have. And that would be just as foolish as what the Apostle Paul said, right? The eye can't tell the hand, I don't need you, nor could the head tell the feet, I don't need you. Rather, the parts of the body are, and I'm going to use this, this word to help you understand it better, they are interdependent. Not independent in the sense that they can function all on their own, and not dependent either, but rather interdependent. They all work together for the good of the whole body. That's what your own human body parts are like, and that's what you, the body of Christ is like as well. There is no one single person who has all the gifts. I suppose if God wanted to, He could have given to one person all the gifts of, of the body of Christ, made the perfect evangelist, made the person who always knew what to say, who could preach, who could teach, who never ran out of energy, who could relate to every last person in the congregation, could get to know every last person in the community, but guess what? He didn't do it that way. Instead, he decided to distribute all the gifts of the church to us, just as he wanted them to be, as it says in our lesson. Pastor... Tim and I have been here now for a number of years. I've been here, finished eight years, and he's finished six years being at at Sure Foundation. And and I do have to say, you guys give to us a lot of respect. Um, We really do. And I I appreciate that, the respect that you give to both of us as, as pastors. However, I never want you guys to get the impression that we are more important than any of you. We are all, you are all, incredibly important in the body of Christ, and especially in this congregation, and what you do in the gifts that God has given to you. It would be just as foolish as, as you picking, kind of like in our children's devotion today, what's the most important part of your body? You say, well, it's my right hand. My right hand's the most important part of my body, but it would be no good if you didn't have an arm or a shoulder to connect it to the rest of your body, or if you didn't have veins and arteries and blood so that it can keep it strong. In the same way, this church is nothing without you. The body of Christ suffers without you. you imagine if we here at Sure Foundation had the perfect pastor, an incredible pastor, great speaker, right? It would do absolutely no good, though, if when a new visitor walked in and the place smelled and there was garbage sitting all around. Or, or what if everybody in the church depended on everyone else to give generously to the church? What if we had absolutely no, no one in the church with musical abilities? There'd be a lot of speaking going on in here, wouldn't there? 
just think about how important you are in the body of Christ. As you reach out, not just here at your foundation, but when you leave too, in your own workplace, as you teach your, your children and set an example to your friends as Christians, incredibly important part of the body of Christ. Now, 2,000 years ago, our, our Savior went to the cross to die for your specific sins that have to do with the gifts as you compare them to others. He went to the cross to die for your sins of envy, your sins of pride, and your sins of complacency. He paid for every last one of them. But it it doesn't end there, what our Savior did for us on the cross. And and I I think about it as in, in terms of how one makes iron. I don't know if you guys know what the process is in order to make iron. But what they do is they take iron ore, which is really, it looks like a rock. It's a, it's a mix of many different minerals, and they take it, put it into an intense heat, and they burn it and melt it down until it's nothing but a strong piece of iron, one of the strongest materials on earth. That's what Christ did for us on the cross, too. As he gathered together your sins and mine, your guilt and mine, and, and the sins and guilt of people around the world from every nation, tribe, language, and people, as the intense heat of hell was being poured out on Jesus on the cross, it forged us together too. And made us stronger than iron. We are the body of Christ. Today, so far, we've talked about the fact that you are important, you are unique. We haven't talked specifically about what your gift is. And that's something I want you to think about this next week. What is your gift to serve? Um, but, but I do want to get you thinking about it and give you a, a practical example right now of, of how, what your gift is and how you can serve. He says this in our lesson. Its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. If you want to know how you can serve, how you can use your gift, just look around. Look around at the people who are here with you today. Get to know them. Because the, there, there are going to be people that you meet right here at, at your foundation who are suffering. And who are going to need a friend. Who are going to need your prayers. And the opposite perspective is true as well. If you are the one who is suffering, don't try to hide it from everybody. Let people know so that they can pray specifically for you that they can help you, so that they can be a friend to you. In the same way, it says, if one suffers, we all suffer together, but the opposite is true too. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We rejoice together as a congregation when a, when a, a baby is baptized, when a person is confirmed, when a person returns from, uh, re- comes back to church. Right? Those are reasons to rejoice and praise God together for Sometimes publicly, sometimes privately. See, we are, we stand between two truths that we know very well, that God doesn't need us to move his church forward. But rather, he chooses to use you. And he gave you incredibly important gifts for the body of Christ. May God help us as we utilize those throughout our lives.